A year ago, Marie Poulin started sharing what she knew about this new app called Notion. Little did she know that in no time, she would become a recognized Notion expert and that this would be the start of a new career direction. In this episode, we're exploring how Marie landed on this new role, quite accidentally. My name is Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 135. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for a new season of Second Breaks, a show where we talk about the many different ways that we can thrive in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth one. This is the first episode of season four, and as I explained in last week's intro to the season, we're turning our lens this time on new careers, new jobs that have become real opportunities in the last few years or in the last decade. These are roles that were made possible by advanced technologies or are now needed because of the changing marketplace. The example I gave last week was Google and the new jobs that were created because Google exists like SEO consultants, for example. Now, so prior to Google, there wasn't such a thing as SEO or search engine optimization. Now it's a skill set that is sought after and has given rise to a new field of work that companies pay for, right? So companies pay for and hire SEO strategists and consultants and such all the time. So new careers is what season four is all about. We're showcasing eight roles, which represent the tip of the industries where they belong. My hope for this season is that you're going to get inspired to explore these roles or similar roles within the industries and be able to see what's possible for you as well. As I always say, it's amazing times we're living in. Now, that doesn't mean that it's always pretty or easy, as is the case right now with the pandemic raging around the world. But with change comes opportunities and we have front row seats, my friend. It is up to us to seize the opportunities. There is always something to car pay if we look. Today, I'm introducing you to Marie Pullen, and I'll talk more about her background in a bit. But this conversation today is focused on how she became or how she created a role for herself as a Notion expert. Notion is one of the newest knowledge management app. Actually, it's more than that, and we'll dig into this app as we get into her story. But we're going to talk about how Marie accidentally became a Notion expert, how she carved a path for herself by taking a chance and not waiting for permission, and how she's going with the flow and seizing the opportunities and possibilities as they come. I specifically chose this episode to start this season because I think Marie's attitude as she pursued this new role is worth taking note of, and I very much like to use it sort of like a a foundation as an underlying theme as we explore the rest of the season. So thank you so much, Marie, for providing us with this brilliant mindset framework. So that's what's coming up, but first... Inside Briefing Notes, the 33rd edition is a mixed bag. Usually, Briefing Notes is theme-centered, except when it's a mixed bag, which the latest edition is. So let me just highlight three things inside this week's newsletter. Thing number one, 21 ways to network remotely. 
because successful careers and successful businesses rely on building long-lasting relationships, you know this, with customers and industry partners. And with the pandemic, we're not doing much or any in-person events. There are ways to go about this remotely. It just needs a little bit of creativity and intentionality. So thing number two, implications of cross-border telecommuting. One great thing about remote work being in vogue is that we can pretty much live wherever. We're no longer limited to residing in the same city or country even as our place of employment. However, there are implications when your place of employment isn't in the same country as where you reside. And so before you sign on the dotted line, best to understand the implications. And thing number three, if you're doing any kind of brave work, brave work in quotation marks, getting negative feedback is inevitable. You should just expect it. But not all negative feedback come from the so-called haters. Some actually are quite productive. So Anne Friedman created this very, very helpful disapproval matrix, she calls it, that can serve as a framework to separate the hate raid from the productive feedback. So for the links to those three things, and if you want to dig inside briefing notes this week, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash archive. And the latest edition is always at the very top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe for free to get briefing notes in your inbox every Sunday. Marie Pullen is a digital strategist and workflow designer. She helps entrepreneurs level up their systems, workflow, and productivity so they can spend more time on what matters. A year ago, Marie found herself in an interesting position, having accidentally created a unique role for herself. We were using Notion, you know, between my husband and I to manage our life, our business, our projects, and everything. And we got so excited about it, started telling everyone else about it. And then I decided to do a webinar on it. I had never done a webinar in my life. I was uh, pretty freaked out about the idea, but I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to schedule it. And I'm just going to share and show a tour of kind of how I've been using it because I had so many friends that were um, asking me questions. And I was, you know, on the weekend, I'd sit with a friend and, and help them kind of set up their Notion space. Okay, this may be a good time to just talk a little bit about this new app that you're going to keep hearing about, Notion. Notion is an app. It's a super duper app, an app on steroids. I call it a knowledge management system, but Notion can be anything. You can use it simply as a note-taking app like Evernote, or use it like a database like Airtable, or a project management app like Trello. It's an all-in-one kind of a tool. You can use it however way you want to use it. And because it can be anything you want it to be, it can be intimidating when you first start using it. When I started a Notion, I wanted guardrails. I needed to see what other people are using it for and how they're incorporating the app into their lives and work. I googled Notion how-to and landed on several YouTube videos of Marie's. In the show notes, I have a link to Notion as well as Marie's YouTube channel on Notion. Now back to Marie. 
on the weekend, I'd sit with a friend and, and help them kind of set up their notion space. So I was just kind of doing it organically because I was so excited about it and, and the potential that I saw. It was certainly not an expected thing, but doing that webinar and sharing it with people, the response was so, there was so much momentum and so much excitement and so many emails that came in. I thought, okay, there's something here. Like there's, there's an opportunity here. What's possible? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it all began. <laughs> Marie took the initiative. She did not wait to be tapped on the shoulder and appointed as a Notion expert. When she decided to do those videos, she didn't do them under the auspices of Notion. Nope, they just saw someone who was ridiculously excited about the tool. And, you know, they could feel my passion and enthusiasm. So they were like, wow, she's obviously an advocate for our product. Um, and people were tweeting at me and asking me, you know, customer support questions. Oh, my goodness. And, right. And, and and they almost weren't sure, like, oh, is Marie an employee of Notion? Like, there was some interesting blurring of lines there where I became associated with the tool, even though this was stuff I was just kind of doing on my own for fun. So, okay, so let me just make sure that I understand it, because I think this is very interesting, that when you did this, you didn't ask permission from Notion to say, can I do this? You just no, did it. I just did it. I was like, I figured it was to their advantage for more people to to kind of conquer that learning curve. So I was like, hey, here's here's how I'm using it. You know, let's, I was just so excited to share it with people. Obviously, you started getting some feedback and you started getting, okay, there's something to this. There's actually a, a, a gap here, you know, that I could fill. Did you then contact Notion or did Notion contact you? Notion contacted me and they were probably seeing my my name and uh, my Twitter handle and Notion's Twitter handle mentioned all the time. Like I was, I was getting tweeted at all the time. And I, and so I think they, they saw it, they were paying attention. Um, and they said, uh, you know, Akshay, the COO said, do you want to hop on a call? And I thought, did the COO of Notion just reach out to me? What the heck? blew my mind. I'm just chatting on the patio, having a call. And, and they said, the team is so grateful. It's been really cool to watch what you're doing and see how you're using it. And then the more that I was having these office hours with people, the more I was immersed in also seeing the challenges other people were having and how they... So I developed this sort of expertise of seeing what are the most common use cases? What are the patterns? What are the questions? And inevitably became an expert just by by listening and working with people and just paying attention to the pattern. So um, they reached out to me and it just kind of organically grew from there. Did you, um, I hope you don't mind me asking, but did you yeah. actually become an employee of Notion? No. Like what is the relationship between I am Notion not, and I am not paid. I do get asked this a lot. I am not paid by Notion. I'm not an employee. We have a very uh, close, mutually beneficial relationship. So I have a, you know, free enterprise account and, um, I run their office hours, which has obviously been good for my own brand building as well. And so people have kind of associated me as like one of the go-to experts. We've talked about what could creative compensation models look like, you know, what, what interesting partnerships might happen. And before COVID too, we were talking about doing, uh, tours. Like tra traveling, talking, running workshops, um, going in and actually helping teams onboard onto Notion and things like that. So lots of opportunities have kind of emerged, but given what was happening with COVID and realizing um, I didn't know what that would look like, I sort of felt like, well, I need to take things into my own hands and make some stable recurring revenue for myself. So I doubled down on creating a course and I launched it in. So the first webinar was first week of August. I launched my course early October, ran it in beta for uh, four, five, six, 
six-ish months. And then now it's it's a full-fledged course and, and community. How awesome is that? Marie did not position herself as a Notion expert initially. She just wanted to share what she knew of this app and answer commonly asked questions. I thought this was a very smart move. Often this idea of showing up as an expert on anything can be scary. We start thinking, oh my goodness, maybe I don't know enough. Who am I to stand up there and teach this thing? And that kind of thinking can stop us from showing up and simply being helpful and sharing what we know. In Marie's case, it was only after she started doing the webinars that she realized how much she actually knew about Notion already. It wasn't until I did that first webinar, and it was called like, Getting Started with Notion. And I didn't realize at the time, it was more like a very, very advanced tour of the different ways you could use it. So I there was no beginner content there whatsoever. But I didn't know that until I put it out there. And people like there was all these mind blown emojis. And, and I was like, oh, I didn't, I forgot what that learning curve felt like. And so I realized there was there were still more gaps for people and they they had more questions. So I thought, well, I know the answer to these questions. So why don't I just share them and share them in the form of, of YouTube videos? So it was very much a sort of organic process of just hearing how people were reacting. And um, and I think when when you come at it from a place of I just want to serve people and share value versus, oh, people are looking to me as an expert. It, it takes the pressure off to just say, oh, how can I help people? An existing job in a company that comes with a well-defined job description, that's one thing. The path forward is clear. But when you're trailblazing a path for yourself, there won't be a blueprint to follow. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself along the way. I was actually very nervous and resistant to the idea of being associated with a tool. Uh, because I'm a strategist and, you know, I help people do like big picture thinking and planning and automation and integrations. I work with so many different pieces of tech. To me, I was like, oh, do I, do I only want to be known for this one thing? That felt like a risk. And I had a lot of resistance at the beginning and, I was in a few masterminds and a couple different retreats and I, people were kind of seeing what was happening. And a few people said, you really got to double down on this. Like you are the first to market. You're the first to kind of, um, really, you know, talk about this. And people seem really excited and their, their user base is so huge. It could open up so many opportunities. And I thought, what would be the harm in trying it for a chapter? Like, let's see what the next six months, year, like what would happen if I went all in on it? And I just thought it's an experiment. Let's try it. Could I teach this? Could I make a course around it? What would be possible? I mean, I don't think I could have predicted what it was going to look like initially. I just thought, okay, I'll make a course. I'll make a product. I didn't expect it to take over in terms of like becoming the majority of where my revenue comes in from. So over time, I had to ask myself, well, where do I want my time to be going? It seems to be moving more toward the teaching and smaller one-off consulting. Whereas in the past, most of my projects were like three year, like working with a client over the course of three years, doing all their systems, web design, automation, marketing support, like really long term in-depth projects. But now with Notion, it's a little bit more contained. Like you get someone up and running, you can do a little bit of maintenance. So I was like, okay, there's an opportunity for projects to be a bit shorter, more bite-sized. And then if you're working with teams, teams usually have bigger budgets than say like a solo entrepreneur. So it, it started to open up lots of possibilities. And uh, I think it can be a bit paralyzing, right? When you're like, oh, well, what do I like? 
I, there, all the possibilities are open. What do I want it to look like? Um, so I certainly couldn't have, pr- have predicted what it was going to look like. But at the moment, um, most of my time is going more toward uh, the course, the curriculum, growing the course, and then consulting with small teams and um, probably creating some products around like niche use cases of Notion. So, hey, here's how to run an online coaching business on Notion. Here's how to, um, you know, set up your content editorial calendar over here for content teams and things like that. So lots of opportunities are still emerging and I still don't know like fully where it's going to take. Yeah. Is this kind of like your side thing in addition to the business that you had before or have you considered yourself having pivoted away from that? That's a great question because I think you're probably still catching me in the middle of a really interesting transition. So um, the majority of my time, my effort, my focus is on helping people use Notion in crazy, interesting ways. So uh, whether it's producing course content, whether it's recording videos, whether it's consulting to help teams, that is where I'd say 90% of my time, energy and effort is going. So it's a pretty big, like, we've moved over here. But my strategic background and tech background helps me approach those projects with a bit more strategy. Like I have, right, like, I think, in a way, I wondered, oh, am I being flaky by making this big switch? Like, what does this even mean? What does it look like? I had a lot of like existential crises that kind of came out of this. Like, who am I? What do I want? What is it? And how do I describe what I do? Which has always right. been a challenge for me because I've, I think I've always thought of myself as a bit of a generalist, uh, but, a, but a strategist. So understanding how things move and product development and all of these different spaces in a way, working with Notion now has has been the perfect tool for being a generalist and understanding workflow tools, different types of companies and different types of businesses gives me a lot of insight into being able to apply things that work from one industry and apply them to another industry. So I still think of myself as like a, almost a strategic workflow strat, like workflow strategist a little bit. Being in the right place at the right time is one of Marie's story for sure. The other side of it is the alignment between what the work is all about and who Marie is and what she brings to the table. Having a generalist background allows me to uh, be able to use insights from all of the different specialties and and kind of pull all of my experience together is is one thing. Um, I love people. Like I really love, I get to work with so many different interesting people and to be able to look inside of other people's brains and to see to see their workspaces, I find that so fascinating. I just love it. Like I'm, I think I'm obsessed with human potential and to help people kind of clear out those roadblocks. So for me, it's very motivating to see other people kind of remove those those roadblocks and really come into their own potential. So there's just so many elements of it that that really light me up. And when I get off a call, I don't feel drained. I feel so excited, you know, and, and I've had people say, um, it might feel like hyperbole, but this changed my life. You know, it, it, it can be very life changing. And that's how I felt about it when I first, it's like, I'm not a complete mess. I just hadn't found the right tool. So, um, there's something about it where it, when it clicks for people, the joy and the excitement that they get is so infectious. And so, for me, that that lights me up. It gets me so excited. And the idea that I can get paid to help other people be more effective and and more creative 
and that it's it's fun, it's profitable, it lights me up. Like that is perfection. I couldn't ask for anything more. Which is a good segue to my next question, which is like, how have you thought about like how you how what's the road ahead in terms of this kind of work? Like how how do you grow in this role? Do you think? Yeah, again, there's so many possibilities, right? Um, because I haven't even done much marketing for the course, really, other than like I have my YouTube channel and the office hours and things like that. But I haven't really, there's no funnel, there's no marketing, like it's been very organic. Um, again, YouTube's been amazing for that. So what would happen if I were to grow the course or do uh, versions or variations or um, a version for teams and even combining uh, team onboarding plus the course or interesting partnerships with other people, um, right, to, to tap into other industries that could really benefit from Notion and teaming up. So I'm... I'm just really interested in, in cool collaborations with other people to see how other people are using it and applying it to their own lives. So I think that's one direction. Um, but it definitely reminds me how much I love the teaching side of it. Like I really do love that. So what is, what is more teaching look like? Is it this course? Is it a different course? Is it variations of this course? Um, or are there like one-off workshops or, you know, I, I think the, the possibilities are still pretty open and I'm, I'm trying to keep a really open mind and just keep tuned in. So when other people reach out and I see they're doing something interesting, I'm like, you know what, we could, let's do a webinar together or let's do a shared video on how people might be able to do this. I, I want to bring other people into the conversation as well, because I don't, I'm not an expert in everything. I'm an expert in my my own space, but I love when I see how someone else is applying it in a really interesting way. I'm like, oh, let's, can I shine a light on how that person is doing it and elevate them and their work? I think that's really fun and interesting. If you're thinking that this may be a career possibility for you, becoming known as an expert in a particular system, tool, or process, Marie suggests taking the pressure off by showing up initially just to provide value. Don't worry about showing up as an expert. For me, I I didn't know I was going to make a course on it when I was producing the YouTube videos. To me, I was just producing those videos because I was getting emailed the same question over and over again, right? So um, maybe it's just tuning in to where where you know people are getting stuck, who has this problem that that this tool can solve, where are people talking about it and what communities. Uh, maybe looking at niche markets of like, oh, people who are content creators maybe really need this tool and how could we apply that? So producing content... Um, that just solves those problems or maybe shows people what is possible, whether it's in video, case studies, blog posts. I think um, creating that shareable content that that solves someone's problem and they go, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so glad somebody had a solution for that. So I think being generous with your your time and your value in the beginning, right? I was just every week, I had you know an hour of office video and my own YouTube videos. So I was creating content every week it probably felt like I was everywhere for a while, right? And that initial push, three three months of producing content consistently every week. You know, as a podcaster, I'm sure you know that too, right? It's like the time it takes, like, but it's worth it if you can produce enough content that people are like, oh, you've got like a bucket, 10 articles or 10 things about that tool. You can really start to get known and remembered for that tool. So start solving people's problems in, in creative ways and... That's that would be my biggest advice is, is create content. How important do you think it is for someone to be comfortable with YouTube um, or just appearing on camera? Oh, okay. I love it. So I love this conversation because um, 
so I have spent so many years and so much money on uh, speaker coaching, uh, acting classes, uh, you name it, like programs to get over my stage fright. Like this is not, this is not a comfortable, it was not a comfortable thing. Again, I would have laughed in your face if, you know, a year, two years ago, you told me I'd be starting a YouTube channel. So it is absolutely something you can learn for sure. And I think if you're sharing also video with tech, you don't necessarily need to show your face on camera. You can ease up to it and you can have the little like circle in the bottom left-hand corner. So your face doesn't need to be all, you know, big. Uh, so that's, that's one thing I would say. Um, and it gets easier. I've done weird challenges. Like I think I did a hundred day video challenge where every single day for a hundred days in a row, I did a vlog and I, wow, <laughs> I posted them on Instagram and, and YouTube. And it was the most uncomfortable thing ever. And there's days where you're like, I don't want to be on video. This is like annoying and uncomfortable and this sucks. But the more, th the more that you do something, the better you get at it. So you can look at video number one, it's going to be crappier. Like, of course, just like a, a podcast too, like the episode now is going to be way more polished and, and more professional than the first version. That's part of the process. So I think you have to be willing to just start somewhere, start wherever you're at without an agenda. I was just interested in providing value for people. I mean, I can look back at some of the comments and I, I remember the funniest meanest comment was someone saying, I don't know if I can trust this video because her hair is so messy. And I was like, good thing this isn't a modeling video and it's like a tech tool video. So yeah, people, people are rude. You will get, you know, people that have opinions and whatever, and you just have to develop a thick skin. Otherwise you will never do anything of substance. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I know, Marie, because I, I am one of those people who sometimes I hear, I listen to other people's, um, you know, what they've done. And there's this voice that says, well, easy for you to say, you're probably a YouTuber. You're probably, you know, so I'm, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> it's totally learnable. It's a learnable skill. Again, like acting classes were so helpful. I think I cried through 75% of the classes just out of sheer discomfort and nervous, like nervous energy. And I couldn't, couldn't help myself, but I was like, I know I need to do this. I need to keep showing up. Otherwise my own fear is, is going to prevent me from business success. And I didn't want to be held back by fear anymore. So you can, you can practice, you can learn. <laughs> Anything's possible. So as we uh, wrap up today, uh, Marie, what are you um, looking forward to these days? I mean, both in terms of your business, but it also in terms of personally, you know, in, in context of what's happening around us. Mm. Oh. oh, my gosh, where do we begin with that? Um, I think one thing that's kind of giving me hope and giving me life right now is I'm working on my permaculture diploma and the permaculture community is like one of the, the spaces of hope when it feels like things are falling apart. Uh, just the wisdom, the kindness, the, the interest in really designing futures that are sustainable for everyone and equitable for everyone is, is just something that whenever I feel 
depressed, sad, confused, not sure what's happening in the world, um, tuning into those communities, I think gives me, gives me hope again. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm working on. Um, and the, the diploma is exploring, um, applying permaculture principles to business. So that's kind of what I'm really curious about is like, whether it's building my own framework and really figuring out what, what could a permaculture business you know, look like, or what is it, what does a business look like that is leaning into these principles? So. I hope you found this conversation with Marie useful. Maybe you'll be inspired to take a look at your current expertise or interest in a system tool or a process and turn that into a real opportunity for yourself. It could be a side project or even something that you can do within the structure of your company. If you're employed, remember what Marie said, Take the pressure off and simply show up to be helpful and you'll be on your way to becoming known in your field of expertise. You can find Marie at mariepullen.com and you can find her Notion videos on YouTube. For all the links and the highlights of this episode, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this episode or like listening to this podcast, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this episode or about season four. They're going to thank you for it. And so will I, of course, as it helps me tremendously when you spread the word. Next week, we're turning our lens on social media. Did you know that there are all kinds of work and jobs that have been created as a result of social media? So if Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, and such is your jam, don't forget to tune in next week, Thursday, as we dive into the world of social media with Andrea Jones. Right now is the best time to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. This is the best way to not miss the upcoming episode and all future episodes of the season. You can do that using the app, whatever app it is that you're using right now to listen to this podcast. Or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, right around the audio player, you're going to find some options for podcast apps as well. Okie dokie, I'll be back next week with Andrea Jones. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. <laughs>